Good afternoon. We're here at Meldon Law and Friends. I'm Kerry Meldon, a partner and attorney with Meldon Law, and I'm here with my good friend, Dr. Adrian Lewis, who's a very special guest. We're very excited, excited to have him in the studios today. This is our 71st uh, episode of Meldon Law and Friends, which is absolutely incredible. We've been uh, working on this show since COVID, and uh, Jeffrey, who usually hosts the show, is in Colorado. So I'm taking over uh, as a guest host today, and I spoke to Jeffrey earlier. He was about to hit the slopes and steamboat with his brother, Bob, my uncle, and he wanted to tell everybody have a great Tuesday and that we're, uh, we're really happy to have Dr. Lewis, and later on, Peter Rothfuss from Odyssey is going to be coming in. So uh, we're at Spurrier's. We're live here. This is the first Tuesday that Spurrier's is open for dinner. So if anyone out there is listening and wants to come down there and say hello, uh, just come on by. We'll be, uh, I'll be here around 5 o'clock, so I'll be able to, to meet you in person. Uh, without further ado, let's introduce our first guest, Dr. Adrian Lewis. Uh, Adrian, it's, ple- it's a pleasure to have you on today. It is my privilege, Gary. It's wonderful to be here. So uh, Dr. Lewis is a very sp- uh, special person. He's uh, opened up probably, I think, the preeminent uh, medical clinic in north central Florida. And how many locations uh, of your medical clinic do you have, uh, Dr. Lewis? Uh, we now have five. Gainesville is our headquarters. We opened uh, uh, just under, just over, actually, now 18 years ago. Uh, and it was kind of a unique clinic because uh, I'm a family physician trained at UF 40-something years ago uh, in family medicine, and I took care of a lot of sports injuries because I was an athlete. Um, my wife, Sue, is a physical therapist, and she took care of all kinds of injuries. Um, and then uh, maybe 20 years ago, we were involved in a, you know, bluntly a horrendous car wreck on I-75 that somebody rode us off the highway. Uh, and... Uh, we flew 84 foot in the air at 70 miles an hour mm-hmm. and hit the concrete median head on. So you know, I'm just grateful to be alive and grateful to be here. And so uh, Medici was formed uh, about eight and a half, 18 and a half years ago as a way of combining uh, care uh, for folks that have been injured in vehicle accidents uh, with the medical team and the physical therapy team working together under the same roof uh, w- with kind of common respect a mutual respect for each other, taking care of folks who've gone through uh, situations similar to ours. And um, then we've expanded, as um, people have asked us to, into other areas in north central Florida. So we have a clinic in Ocala, mm-hmm. Lake City, Chiefland, and Stark. So kind of Gainesville is our hub, and then at 45 minutes in every direction we have a clinic. It's uh, staffed by uh, similar people, the same training. I train the entire and oversee the medical team. My wife, Sue, the physical therapy team. So we do the training and we do the oversight as well as um, take care of patients directly ourselves. And Dr. Lewis, you've been in Gainesville for, Gainesville for quite some time. How long have you, you and your family been here in Gainesville? <laughs> Thank you, Kerry, for saying quite some time. <laughs> it's been since 1980. Wow. Uh, so you're are. a you're a true Alachua County resident. Absolutely. And, and where did you come from originally? I came from uh, Cape Town, South Africa, which mm-hmm. is where I grew up and went to medical school there. My family was from there. Uh, we left there because of the we didn't agree with the policies uh, of the government at the time, mm-hmm. um, and so we left. And had no idea we were coming to Gainesville. We bought a round-the-world airline ticket, which was quite common back then. <laughs> and we just kept stopping at different places and ended up here. It's a, it's a story that would take multiple segments to tell. It's hysterically funny. Uh, and uh, we, after the residency program, I thought, you know, we'd move somewhere else. Uh, we're from Cape Town, which has mountains and oceans, one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Mm-hmm. So when we came to the U.S., we said, as long as we're close to mountains and the ocean, we'll stay there. So we end up in Gainesville. <laughs> it's not exactly close to either, but um, we've got at least the oceans on e- either side an hour and a half away and mountains six hours away. Uh, but we were thrilled to be here. Uh, you know, we've had uh, our two children were born mm-hmm. in the hospitals here. Uh, all of our grandchildren, we have six of them, so uh, we're, we're, we're locked in. We've been here a long, long time. Yeah, uh, Medical Injury Group, uh, otherwise known as Medigy, and it's spelled M-E-D-I-G if for those uh, listeners out there, so it's Medigy. 
uh, is a family business. And in fact, uh, I've been treated there myself, and I'm always yeah. uh, treated like family. Uh, my cl- our clients love going to Medici. They've never had a, a doctor treat them as carefully as they do when they go to Medici. And over and over and over again, uh, whenever we uh, handle a client's case and they go see Dr. Lewis, they are always so appreciative of the type of care that they uh, they give our clients. So I appreciate that, uh, Adrian. Well, thanks, Carrie. And look, it, it was set up uh, to serve people. You know, and again, unfortunately, you know, medicine uh, today with all of the rules and regulations and a lot of practices, are, you know, are owned by hospitals and major groups. The kind of uh, family-owned practice uh, where you get one-on-one service uh, is not common any longer just because of the economies of how Absolutely. the medical system has gone. So, uh, you know, our son, uh, our oldest son, Andrew, has mm-hmm. uh, worked uh, at Medici since he was uh, 16 years old, and he's now 30, he's now 30, yeah, mid-30s with three children of his own, and wow. he's our CEO. He runs the company. Andrew so does joked, a great job. What an impressive person. We'll have to get him on the show as well. Yeah, yeah. He jokingly says we work for him. You know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so, and I guess in the reality we do. But we really, we really work for the folks who uh, we're blessed to serve. And we passionately, I mean, we're both, my wife and I are 67. And, you know, bluntly, to be honest, we don't need to be working. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to because it's a, it's a wonderful joy to make a difference in somebody's life. Uh, and that's what we enjoy doing. How many total employees do you, do you uh, staff now? Do you have a number? Do you know? Yeah, well, it's 42 at wow. the moment, uh, and that obviously includes all the clinics, and our corporate headquarters in Gainesville uh, takes care of a lot of the corporate-type uh, situations as well, so it's much larger. Incredible, incredible. And, and you know, you were telling your story about uh, being in the uh, horrific tra- uh, car accident, and one of the things that you're able to do, which is absolutely outstanding, is treat people who've been injured as a result of car accident uh, with the car accident insurance. They're able to get that type of really intensive, complete care that they otherwise wouldn't get uh, because of the nature of how car and auto insurance works in the state of Florida. Right. So- I mean, I think, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful to, to any of my colleagues, but it's kind of something you either got to be all in mm-hmm. or you should probably not do it. I mean, it's complex. Uh, there's, you know, medical and there's legal and there's insurance and there's documentation and things that are different. As a family physician in Gainesville for the first 20 years of my life, medical life, uh, I, I probably saw five to six patients a year that were in automobile accident Mm -hmm. injuries. And the number we see today is, uh, you know, very large. And so when you do something a lot of times uh, and you're passionate about it, you're going to get good at it, whether it's swinging golf, uh, you know, uh, swinging a golf club or playing the piano or whatever it is that you love to do. Uh, and we love to help people injured in car accidents, and so you know we, we should, over the years, have got good at something we do this often. Well, good is an understatement. The first time you go in and you see uh, a specialist over at Medigy, uh, you're going to be looked at from your head all the way down to your toe, toes, and the amount of uh, special care that they show every single individual client uh, and uh, patient that they have is, uh, to me what makes it a special place. And, you know, I know you have a lot of repeat customers that want to continue to, to treat. I've, I've had people uh, been upset they got better because they know that uh, Dr. Lewis does such a great job that they'll continue to be in the utmost health because they're not just, they're not a chiropractic clinic. They do physical therapy and they work on getting you back to your optimal self. And sometimes yeah. even beyond that in, in certain circumstances, you guys are able to pull off mil- miracles. Well, I think this scenario will be is we're passionate. Our, our goal is to have intense, coordinated care with passion uh, and uh, empathy for a period of time. Uh, the average time a patient uh, spends with us, uh, if they don't need surgery, mm-hmm. is three to four months maximum. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't believe in uh, ongoing care becoming dependent upon us. We want you to uh, focus get this thing taken care of, uh, move Absolutely. on with the rest of your life. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, we also, in addition to taking care 
of the injuries. Uh, we're, we're there to help you emotionally through the process because, you know, I think about a third to a half of our team of 40 have had car accidents themselves. Oh, yeah. Uh, so they, they understand what it feels like. And it, you really, I mean, I hate to use this word, you feel violated. I mean, I, I remember uh, our home was broken into once and that feeling of, you know, violation. Uh, and you feel violated, like you're in the safety of your vehicle uh, or on a motorcycle, and you're minding your own business, and somebody due to carelessness, which we've all been guilty of at some time sure. or other. So, you know, uh, and then you have a situation which could have a permanent brain injury for the rest of your life. You could have severe ongoing pain in your spine somewhere or have to have shoulder surgery. Uh, it's a very difficult thing. Uh, folks struggle as much emotionally as they do physically. Mm -hmm. And we understand that. And we, we have once a month, we have four hours of training. We shut every clinic down, which bluntly costs a lot of money. And we come together and we go through training, a per personal growth training team, uh, how to read people's body language so we can work out when somebody's maybe frustrated, upset, needs to be pulled aside to be encouraged. Uh, so that's, you know, it doesn't happen by accident that people feel welcomed, it's because we work very hard to create that environment because we know you heal better if you feel that somebody's actually taking a genuine interest in you, that you're not just a number or, yeah. you know, whatever. And so, yeah, that, that, that's part of what we do. Well, you know, living in South Florida for a few years, I was in, in Fort Lauderdale uh, opening another firm of, Mel, um, another branch of Meldon Law, which is still down there. So for any listeners out there in South Florida, feel free to give us a call at one three five two three seven three eight thousand, and uh, we'll get you situated. But uh, one of the things I noticed is that, is that the providers, uh, generally in South Florida, not all of them, but a lot of them, don't have that type of uh, kindness and sincere interest in their client, in their in their uh, patients. Uh, and some of them were my clients, and that was tough to deal with because a lot of the times these people's lives are turned upside down. And they, genu and they genuinely just want to get back to where they were before the accident. And it takes a lot of not only just f uh, physical help, but also emotional support, as, as Dr. Lewis uh, mentioned. Now, one of the really cool things about Medigy is that it has offices in Lake City, Gainesville, Ocala, and uh, even in Chiefland and Stark. So people are able to get this incredible care anywhere that they're located in north central florida which i really <clears throat> applaud you uh for for taking that chance and and get, you know giving people out in 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 sometimes rural areas the ability to have that that top that top treatment sure most of the time if somebody lives in chiefland or west of chiefland maybe on the coast on the gulf they're they won't i mean they, they'll come to see the doctor once or twice but they're not going to come to physical therapy twice a week for two Absolutely. months yeah. because they just won't. I mean, the cost of gas, uh, the time, and all the inconvenience. In terms of coming to Gainesville to go get, get physical therapy, they need somewhere Cor they can go. Somewhere locally. Yes. They'll come once a month for the medical visit, but uh, to be seen twice a week. Our visits are one hour, which mm -hmm. is uh, almost unheard of uh, for an outpatient clinic because the injuries are complex. I mean, I, I remember doing a survey once on our own patients. The average number of body parts injured in an accident of the patients we see is eight. Wow. Uh, sports injuries wow. was easy because somebody would come in with a shoulder injury or a knee or this or that, but it's usually only one injury. And so it's, uh, you need time. Our, our initial visit, medical visit, is two hours. Well, when we come back, we're going to a break. I want to talk about one unique type of injury that's come to the forefront of medicine. Sure. And uh, I know you know a ton about it. So I'm looking forward to the second segment. Uh, stay, stay tuned. We are here at the University of Florida where Albert and Alberta are competing in the Gate of Penalty Shootout. Albert is ready to stop the shot at all costs. What a disaster! Luckily, Mountain Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. If you have suffered any injury, do not worry because Mountain Law is going to help you with your recovery. Mountain Law doesn't back down until they reach their goal! We still hear it. The sound of victory. The joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. 
If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. Hello, this is attorney Carrie Meldon with Meldon Law, and we're here at Meldon Law and Friends, our weekly podcast. We have a very special guest today, Dr. Adrian Lewis. Uh, Dr. Lewis, thank you again for uh, agreeing to come in and be a guest at our podcast. We're, we're very honored to have you here today. It's, it's my privilege, Carrie, very much so. And uh, we had a great introduction. I, I loved hearing about um, you know what the, the type of care, the type of treatment that you uh, try to uh, give every single patient at Medigy uh, in the five locations that you currently have in North Central Florida. And what I can tell you is if you go, you'll see that it's, it's, it's not just all talk, that, uh, that Medigy walks a walk, that you're going to get incredible indiv- individualized treatment to get you back on your feet. But one of the, um, the, the more unique injuries that have come to the forefront of medicine in the past, uh, I'd say, 10 to 15 years is what we uh, commonly refer to as traumatic brain injury. You may hear us refer to it as TBI, which stands for traumatic brain injury. Yep. Uh, and uh, obviously, that's a, a big topic. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on, on traumatic brain injuries, first of all? Like, how did you get interested in them? Well, for, first of all, I was an athlete uh, in multiple sports. Um, second of all, uh, the term that's used commonly for folks that are not in the medical field is concussion. So if you hear the term concussion, and I think it's mainly been in the NFL, uh, you know, over the last 10 years perhaps, uh, where, uh, you know, advocates of safety uh, for the players and, and, and uh, the, the understanding of the injuries that are occurring because they're having repetitive, uh, you know, head trauma over and over again. And the latest the rule, the targeting rule, for those of you the football fans, was to try and prevent uh, the whiplash-type injury that occurs. Um, so over traumatic brain injury, the main, the main reason it's suddenly become a topic is because we had no way to diagnose it until recently. Uh, so let me tell you just very briefly what it is, if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, uh, in any situation... Uh, where suddenly your head jerks on your neck. It could be a slip and fall where you trip. I mean, you could literally trip on the sidewalk. You could trip in your house, and your head suddenly kind of violently jerks. Uh, Or it could be uh, any kind of sport. It could be football. It could be boxing. It could be a horrible situation like an assault, if you're assaulted. Uh, Or for us, it's very common in automobile accident injuries. It's often called whiplash, where the head suddenly jerks on the neck, and inside your skull, which is hard, it's bone, is a very, very soft brain. And the brain's like jello. And so literally, you have a soft brain hitting a hard skull, and that's going to lead to injuries. And, um, the, and that's going to lead to symptoms. And uh, until recently, which will come in maybe in a little bit later, we'll talk as to why are we able to diagnose this now, but in the past, if you had an MRI scan of your brain or a brain surgeon had looked inside of your brain with, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen those um, operating microscopes where they have like glasses and little telescopes on them, um, they literally cannot even see the injuries with a microscope. So th- this was an invisible injury mm-hmm. uh, until mainly five to six years ago. So if we have time, we'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, let me talk very quickly about some of the symptoms for folks who maybe don't know what, it, what a TBI symptoms are like. There's nonspecific ones. What I mean by that is um, they're not focused on the brain only. Uh, you, if you have a brain injury, you can have them, but you can have them from other things, say in a car wreck. I mean, I'll talk about that because that's what I'm uh, focused on. So, for instance, you can have uh, a whole bunch of, hey, you can have headaches, you can have nausea, sensitivity to light or sound. You can be irritable, sad, drowsy, a change in sleep pattern, or anxiety. So all of those. There's a lot of different uh, types of, of symptoms that could be indicative of TBI. Those are, are, but those are nonspecific. What I mean by that is they can be from uh, a head injury, mm-hmm. but you can also, for instance, get anxiety because you're worried about, God, am I going to be able to work, right. and how am I going to take care of my kids? and I'm going to be able to enjoy the rest of my life. 
um, you know, not dif- difficulty with sleeping can be because you have a brain injury or you hurt and you can't sleep because you're in pain. So those non-specific ones are important but not nearly as important as the specific ones and we call them cognitive which is just fancy for brain function. Those, there's five symptoms we ask every single new patient in that two-hour interview um, and I'm going to read it just because, I mean, we literally read them. All of the medical team read the same questions, and they go like this. Mental fogginess, fuzzy-headed, feeling like you've got a cloud. If you've ever had too much alcohol, it's kind of like a hangover feeling. Uh, difficulty making a decision. Okay, this is kind of funny, and one of my patients gave me permission to share this. So this is a broke student, which I used to be when I was a student. Most students are broke. So he had two meals in his refrigerator, leftover pizza and leftover non-pizza. That was it. It was leftover from something because he didn't go shopping much. And uh, he said, normally when I'm hungry, I just would open the refrigerator and I'd, I'd automatically pick one or other immediately. And he said, now I open it, the refrigerator, I stare, and it'll take me two minutes to decide which of the two meals I'm going to eat that night. Um, Difficulty making decisions. Um, Difficulty concentrating. Like you're all over the place. If you've ever heard the term ADD or attention deficit disorder, it's like you don't finish one sentence or one thought and you already jumped on to the next one. And this is the presumption you never had these problems beforehand. They only come on after the accident. Um, Brain working in slow motion. Uh, I ask you a simple question like when's your birthday or what's the name of your, your spouse or how old is your, your grandson and you'll kind of, you have to think really hard to come up with the answer because your brain is not functioning at the normal speed that it should be and lastly rem- remembering, uh, difficulty remembering new information. It's like um, you'll walk into a room and you'll blank out like why am I here? I mean, why am I in this room? And then you'll leave the room, and you're two seconds later, you'll remember, and you'll go back. Where are my keys? Where are my cell phone? I mean, the, the two necessities of life, you can't remember where they are. Those five questions, if you answer yes to one, two, three, four, or all five of them, and you've never had them before the accident, and in the accident, your brain, which is soft, hits your hard skull, and soon after the accident, maybe a few hours or maybe a few weeks, and that that is directly related to a traumatic brain injury from that accident. The only reason sometimes there's a delay in you recognizing it, because if you're in a lot of pain, pain overrides noticing these changes. I have a couple questions. Sure. When you get into an accident, does your head have to hit something inside the vehicle in order for there to be a TBI? That is a phenomenal question, and the answer is absolutely not. The vast majority of our patients, the head does not hit the steering wheel or the windshield. It may hit the back of the headrest, but the sheer sudden jerky motion, like literally you can trip and fall and not hit your head on the ground and have a traumatic brain injury. So, in fact, it's very, very common for you actually for your head not to hit any part of the inside of the car and you can have a traumatic brain injury that can be significant. And I have a follow-up question to that. So if you talked about a concussion being synonymous with TBI previously, but now that we're learning more about it, there's actually been a lot a lot more detailed diagnosis with regards to TBI. Yeah. Do you have to have a concussion in order to have a TBI that includes loss of consciousness? No. Not at all. In fact, the vast majority of our patients that have TBI, and let me make it clear, I'm not going to go over exact numbers of how many people we see, but I personally have seen 7,000 patients with traumatic brain injury in the last 18 years. That's how common it is. 7,000 in one medical practice, seeing nothing but automobile accident. And I would say ones that have lost consciousness, less than 10% of those. So the vast majority don't lose consciousness and don't hit their head against anything. But they have TBI that can be very significant and can even be a very significant permanent brain injury. And once it's diagnosed, what do you do next? Uh, Well, the, the diagnosis just very quickly. So the reason we can diagnose it now, and I'll be very quick with this, is we now have super, super 
super fancy software programs. If you did a regular brain MRI scan mm -hmm. 10 years ago, you'd see nothing, nothing. For 35 years, I'd do them and see nothing. And the patients are thinking they're crazy, and I'm beginning to wonder if I've got any medical skills. But now there are fancy software programs that literally can show the exact injuries, which are torn micro arteries, uh, damaged nerves, or shrinkage of the brain. And we don't have time to go over the details of those. But these are absolutely diagnostic uh, uh, irrefutable, mm -hmm. can't argue about it. So we now for sure know that this is an injury that came from an accident, especially if you never had these symptoms before. And if you have been diagnosed with TBI, does that mean you have to have brain surgery? Uh, oh, goodness, no, not, not at all. Okay. Uh, in fact, I, I don't think there is any brain surgery. Remember, the brain surgeon can't even see the TBI findings, so there's nothing for them to operate on. Mm-hmm. So what would you do in terms of treating the, the, the uh, patient who has been diagnosed with TBI? Well, the, the good news is 60 to 80% of the symptoms are going to go away on their own in the first six months. It's a bruise. It's a brain bruise, just like mm -hmm. a bruise anywhere else on your body. And there's not very much that we actually do to it. We assist it, speed it up a little bit. But, uh, so the majority of folks are going to get well on their own. For the 10 to 20% who have a permanent brain injury, uh, you've got two situations. One is you treat the symptoms, mm -hmm. the anxiety, the depression, the difficulty with sleep. Those can be treated with counseling and with medications. And then there's something called neurocognitive training where you're literally training the brain to think and process around the areas that, that are injured. Wow. And that's, that's very new. And I've got to be honest, at this point, we have focused in the last five years, not us, I mean the, the whole field, on the diagnosis, because until you can diagnose something, you have no idea how to treat it. Mm -hmm. So now we know what the problem is. Now we're working on the fine-tuning ways to fix it. So in the next five to ten years, I expect major breakthroughs in the treatment area. At the moment, we've had our aha major breakthrough in the diagnosis area, which means we can at least tell you why you feel the way you mm -hmm. feel. You're not crazy. This is not Alzheimer's that's going to get worse or brain cancer. This is from the accident. And I literally will tell the patients their symptoms uh, from the beginning, and they look at me like, how do you know? Like you've almost <laughs> been inside my head. Yep. Well, I've heard it you know, 7,000 times, but the, the symptoms are very predictable. And the treatment part, we're still in the earlier phase of that. You'll have to get me back in a, a year or two and we'll a do an update. Absolutely. Well, we're, we're ending in a few uh, seconds with our first segment. Uh, Dr. Lewis, that was outstanding. We're going to have to get you back here to talk more about everything that you do because it's a lot more complicated than what he led on. But it was a great, uh, great time having you here. Thank you for coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. It's our pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. Albert, Alberta, I understand you were witnesses to a crash. Can you tell us about the accident? When you're in a crash, it's important to get witness statements immediately after the accident. Whether you're in a car, truck, motorcycle, scooter, or even a golf cart accident, at Melden Law, we won't back down. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together. Which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident. But if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe this. 
Look, look what you have done to my truck. Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, it is your fault. I am calling Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law. So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband. Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking. This person lives here. This person lives here. New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. We still hear it. The sound of victory. The joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. We are here at the University of Florida, where Albert and Alberta are competing in the Gator Penalty Shootout. Albert is ready to stop the shot at all costs. What a disaster! Luckily, Melden Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. You have suffered any injury, do not worry because Melbourne Law is going to help you with your recovery. Melbourne Law doesn't back down until they reach their goal. And we're back here at Melbourne Law and Friends. This is attorney Carrie Melden. I'm guest hosting for Jeffrey today, who's in Colorado skiing. He's having a great time, and uh, we're wishing him the best uh, health. I talked to him earlier, and he was in great spirits, and he said, uh, you know, have fun at the podcast, and I told him that we always do. So we're happy to be here at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill uh, in Celebration Point in Gainesville, Florida. Uh, for those uh, listeners out there that don't uh, know about uh, Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, it's a fabulous farm-to-table restaurant. It's open now Tuesday through Sunday. In fact, today is the first Tuesday that it's opened up, so we see, we're starting to see people uh, congregate at the bar, which is kind of cool because we're in the podcast room. Yeah. And uh, we got all the helmets and all the other cool stuff. It's like a museum here. So uh, please uh, feel free to stop by anytime Tuesday through uh, Sunday. They'd love to, to feed you and uh, let you take a look at all the cool memorabilia. Uh, one of the, so today we have a really special guest, uh, a friend of ours named uh, Peter Rothfuss from Odyssey. So, Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you, Carrie. And uh, we're really to happy to have you here today. Um, Peter, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit, you know, about uh, you know what Odyssey is first of all. Sure. Um, well, Odyssey is. Uh, we recently went through a rebranding mm-hmm. last year. We were formerly known as Entercom Communications. Mm-hmm. Uh, up until about three years ago, we were the fourth largest radio broadcasting mm-hmm. company in the country. We had 130 radio stations in uh, about 25 markets. Wow. About three and a half years ago, we acquired all of the CBS uh, radio properties throughout the country, and that launched us into the number two spot. Uh, uh, for over-the-air radio uh, broadcasting, uh, and we have 250 radio stations in, in uh, 50 markets, most of the larger markets, uh, where we're reaching uh, in the bigger markets 90% of the of the listening population there. So it's a significant company, publicly traded. It's about 50 years old. Interestingly enough, Gainesville, Ocala was the first uh, radio market that they entered into. Uh, Joe Field did many, many years ago. Wow. Um, and, what uh, are some of the stations that people can listen to that, uh, <laughs> well, throw, a, throw a few a, out interesting, there. Uh, yeah. Well, we, we own stations in Boston. We are the, the, uh, uh, the affiliate of the uh, Boston Red Sox. Wow. Uh, we have radio stations in New York city, uh, you know, Los Angeles. We are all, we are in all of the big markets. I have a whole list of them here that I could go through, but, um, well, what know, about locally? Uh, we have w- we have WKTK ninety eight five KTK. Great. We have ninety seven three the sky, as you know. We love the sky. Love you the know, Melvin Law is big on the sky and yes. KTK. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. And then we are also we have a joint sales agreement with the University of Florida. They mm-hmm. own they own two radio stations and we do all of the the sales for them. Uh, and it's one oh three seven the Gator. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with ESPN, which is obviously the flagship for all the Florida Gator sports. So, cool. you know, we have quite a quite a great partnership with them. We're very appreciative of it. Um, all th- three of the big, all three of the FM stations are uh, full service Class C, hundred thousand watt or fifty thousand watt stations. We cover thirteen counties here in North Central Florida, and then we also own uh, stations in Orlando as well. 
and Miami here in Florida. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's a big company. It's a great company to work for, frankly. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about your individual background. When, when did you first get into advertising? <laughs> well, it's very interesting. My dad was a broadcaster. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, very, uh, it's very hard for me to talk about my career without talking about my father. Let's hear. I, so he, I want to hear about it. Yeah, yeah. He was, he's really cool. He's actually written uh, two books in the last couple of years, uh, sort of, uh, you know, accounting for his his professional life, he was he spent uh, the first part of his career on the on the radio. He started in small market radio and ended up uh, after just a handful of years being um, the number one uh, afternoon guy in Baltimore, Maryland, on mm -hmm. WCBM, uh, which I believe is a station that we now own in uh, in Baltimore. I might be wrong on that, but um, and he and a good friend of his, uh, uh, his name is Kirby Confer. My dad's name is Paul Rothfuss. Mm -hmm. they, they grew up in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. My dad was coming home from college one day, and he heard Kirby on the radio. And he's like, oh, my gosh, i got to stop in and see what he's doing. And then Kirby's like, well, you should get a job doing this. Oh, wow. And the next thing you know, the owner of the radio station popped in and said, here, read this news. And the next thing you know, he's on the air, you know, pretty much that evening. And um, so uh, they, they really had long-term goals of owning radio station someday. Kirby also had a paralleling career of on-air and stuff. He kind of got into the sales end and uh, some of the ownership ownership stuff a little earlier, but uh, in 1975, they bought a radio station in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. It became explosively successful pretty much in o overnight, uh, where they actually grew the radio market in, in Williamsport on the back of their AM, FM radio stations, really. So they they surpassed the gross revenues of what the market was doing prior to them getting there. Uh, and then they launched a company called Key Market. And Key Market ended up buying um, AM, FM radio stations throughout the southeast. Big uh, Back then, most operators were still working the AM. FM mm -hmm. was still sort of an unknown. And uh, they were they were turning around properties and they beca they became very successful. How would they successful. go about doing that? Would they just go call go to a city, call go to the uh, radio station, well, and say, "Look, they, we want to buy you." Yes, or? they got very good at uh, at looking at real good opportunities that weren't being under underutilized, frankly. Mm -hmm. um, and so they launched brands like KSSN in Little Rock, Arkansas, Arkansas, which is still alive and well. A uh, hundred thousand watt station in Greenville, South Carolina, called WSSL, mm -hmm. uh, among others throughout the Southeast, is where was really where they found um, their success. I got my start as the mascot for their first <laughs> radio station. I was the WILQ Rooster, and my brother and I, he drove the van, and we did a lot of remotes, uh -huh. and he, he drove the van, and I dressed up in a chicken costume, and we also were the janitorial service for their first radio station. Oh, so that so was funny. at the age of uh, 11 or 12. I think I was a, the Rooster by probably age 13 for about four years till we moved south. When you said you moved south, did you move to Baltimore from Pennsylvania? No, no. well, I was, I, I was actually born in Baltimore, so we moved from Maryland to Pennsylvania, and gotcha. then I actually graduated high school in Aiken, South Carolina, because that's where they moved their home office. Oh, wow, that's really close to where they played the Masters. Yep, yep, in Augusta, yep. yeah. The, uh, the actual home office was in North Augusta. Wow. Um, I did you ever to, get to play Augusta? I actually did. Um, I worked I worked for one of their radio stations in Augusta called Sunny 105. Uh -huh. I'm not sure what it's called now. Um, and they had media day every every year about a month after the masters right before they closed the golf course down in the summertime mm -hmm. so um middle about the middle of may what an experience like just an amazing full day oh, we got man. to play the par three they had lunch and of course it was about a seven hour round of golf on the big course because mm -hmm. you know everybody is trying to be Tiger Woods, and yeah. they're, they're not. <laughs> right, right. Well, they're so, trying to savor. It's like... Uh, right, that, like, and also, they're, you know, they're trying to hit these big shots, and they're ending up looking for them in the azaleas and stuff yeah. like that. So, um, yeah, and so I, uh, I got into this business. My brother is, is also actually a market manager for uh, a different company in um, Roanoke, Virginia. I got into it after he did, and he mm -hmm. started getting successful at sales. So I thought, well, I finished college, and I thought... Why, why, why not? My dad owns a big company, and the best mm -hmm. part about my dad is um, not nepotistic at all. He's like, well, here, I hear some names of people that I know that really weren't necessarily in his company mm -hmm. and kind of farmed me out, and I went, ended up in Erie, Pennsylvania as a young seller. Um, what were you selling? 
I was selling a radio station called Classy 100. Okay, what was that, a classic? uh, It was adult contemporary, soft adult contemporary station. So when you're that young and, you know, they say sell, sell, what do you you have to do? Like, what's your first, yeah, what's your first step? (laughs) Well, they quote unquote trained me. And back then there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of training. Um, You know, they basically tell you to go, you know, go go find a client, ask them a lot of questions about their business and Mm -hmm. try to put together a you know, a commercial that they might buy and go back and see them. And so I went through about two weeks of, you know, it was kind of rudimentary training back then. And uh, <laughs> the interesting thing, and I think the gang of, uh, of the other salespeople put me up to this, they sent me, you know, my, fer- my very first sales call. Well, first of all, I called my dad the night before and I said, hey, dad, I'm making sales calls tomorrow. He's like, that's great, son. He said, make sure you put on your steel underwear. <laughs> <laughs> So I had yeah, no idea what he was talking about because, yeah. you know, I'm thinking I'm going to be a sales guy and I'm going to yeah. be successful. Everyone's going to love you. And You're I walk got the right briefcase yeah. and I got the suit and tie on and I'm, you know, I'm a handsome young guy and I'm going to go out and kill it. So I called on a men's store. I don't remember the name of it. And um, <laughs> the guy says to me, I walk in, I'm like, hi, I'm Peter Rothfuss from Classy 100. And the guy looks at me square in the eyes and he says, I will never advertise on Classy 100. And I was like... I was startled. I don't. I don't. I don't think <laughs> he, I said anything. He, was, I think I went to my cr- my car and cried. Frankly. Did he have something against Classy One Hundred no, or I, against I, advertising? I, well, I think I went back to the radio station, and of course, this has been many, many years, so I don't remember uh-huh. the whole thing. But I think all the salespeople were laughing at me because they knew the guy had had some kind of a bad experience with the radio station, and they kind of put me up to it. Like, yeah, you got You got to go uh, see these guys. Haze then. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it took me, it took me, you know, I was think I was 23 or 24, and it's mm-hmm. hard to sell really anything to business owners at that age. They're, you know, they're wiser and smarter, and they, they can spot, you know, a fool a mile away. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, was a, it was good training for me. I didn't end up working really technically for my dad until probably seven, seven or eight years later, seven years later probably, in Augusta, Georgia. It, okay. And... um so, interestingly enough, Odyssey, so my dad, and this is also funny, when I got into it, my dad decided he had had enough of it because he had other interests. And when he you wanted, got in, into the radio business? Yeah, he sold his yeah. part of the company, yeah. okay. and it was a very successful, huge, I mean, it was a giant company. And when was this? 1986. Okay, so, so quite I a get few in years and ago. he's getting out, you know. Yeah, 35 years ago, a little yeah, over, yeah. between 30 Yeah, yeah so, so uh, interestingly enough, Key Market uh, went on to get purchased by a company called uh, River City Broadcasting. Okay. And then River City Broadcasting got purchased by Sinclair, and Intercom bought Sinclair at Intercom, now Odyssey, bought Sinclair wow. in about 2000, I think. Okay. So Intercom actually owns stations that my dad and dad. Kirby started. Small, small and, world, huh? Yeah. Like Scranton, and I'll get back. I'll get to that one in a minute. But uh, uh, Scranton, Buffalo, Memphis, I think New Orleans, Riverside, California, I believe, maybe Sacramento. Um, and I might be missing one or two. But you know, so it's interesting that there's this like I kind of have blood in this company somehow, and some of those stations are still operating under the same. Um, names so in the mid 80s you you, you kind of went and you worked with them he ended up selling the business so what, what happened to you after that well no he, I, I, that was right when i started okay he's so i literally got in it and he was kind of getting out yeah although he did buy some other stations and stuff later on um and that's when i went to work for him so uh wow um he actually he's been he's actually been an owner of radio properties uh three different times wow. uh, in, interestingly enough so um so you're back, but when you stopped the story, you were back in Augusta. Yeah. Okay. So where did you go from there? Augusta, I went to. Oh, I was I was a young twenty seven, twenty eight year old guy, and me and a buddy of mine thought we were the smartest people on earth, and so we put an ad in Broadcasting Magazine telling you know please recruit us to run your radio station, mm-hmm. and we ended up in, of all places, Muskegon. Michigan, Whitehall, Michigan, actually. Okay. Why of all places? I've never even heard of it. Because that was the only guy that answered our ad. <laughs> well, actually, you what, probably What part have... of Michigan is that? Well, okay. Well, this is one of my... Here's Michigan. Yeah. It's right here. Okay. It's right on Lake Michigan. It's right on Lake Michigan. Uh, Muskegon is known for... You might remember the Alka-Seltzer Plus cold medicine commercials, where they would show cities in the Northeast and people sneezing, and Muskegon, Michigan, and Chicago, Illinois, and you know people oh, up here... I don't remember, on... but I, I, I'll take your word well, for Muskegon, it. Muskegon, Michigan yeah. <laughs> was one of the names of it. Um, anyway, we, we were operating... A, you know, my dad 
my dad told me after the fact a couple of years later, he said, I didn't have the heart to tell you that it was a mission doomed for failure. <laughs> so thankfully yeah. he didn't because we really, you know, well, we really experience. grew. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, we grew a lot. And then from there I ended up at in Scranton, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. which we still, the, our company owns those stations. And you might be familiar with one of them, the Froggy 101 brand. Yeah, of course. As seen on the office. Yes, so it was uh, 98.5 KRZ and one, Froggy 101 and also a new... That's so funny. It, That's, yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I've heard of Froggy 101. I couldn't put two and two together, but yeah. it was from the it, office. It's a real rate. And my dad and Kirby's company put that thing on the air originally. Very cool. Well, let's get, we'll come back after a break. We'll talk about your journey to Florida. Awesome. Thank you. All right. We are here at the University of Florida where Albert and Alberta are competing in the game of penalty shootout. Albert is ready to stop the shot at all costs. What a disaster. Luckily, Mountain Law is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. If you have suffered any injury, do not worry because Mountain Law is going to help you with your recovery. Mountain Law doesn't back down until they reach their goal. We still hear it. The sound of victory the joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. Hello, this is attorney Carrie Meldon, and we're back here at Meldon Law and Friends with our special guest, Peter Rothfuss. We're really happy to have him here. We're here at Spurrier's, and they're actually open for dinner. I can see all the people are dining out there. Peter, you yep. see them out there? Yep. It's starting to congregate. It's Very fantastic cool. fantastic food here, too. This is the first time that we've ever had a podcast with a live audience, so I'm, awesome. I'm feeling uh, like I'm a, we're a little special. This is a special uh, episode. It's the 71st episode of Meldon Law and Friends which is absolutely uh, amazing because we started at, uh, during COVID uh, when you know everything was kind of shut down. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Jeffrey has missed a week of the podcast. I mean, I've guest hosted a few times and so has Chris, but That's quite the commitment. one thing about Melden Law is once we start, we never stop. There As you, you know from Law Talk the Live, commitment. There you, go. you know, we've been doing Law Talk Live at the Sky, which we'll talk about uh, in a little bit uh, for over, for almost 19 years uh, yep. consecutive. So yep. You know, commitment means a lot, and you can't just say you're going to do something and not follow through. Yep. Um, but we'll get to that in a little bit. What I what I want to really talk to you about last time we were in Michigan is how did you get down to Florida? What brought you to so to, I, so I ended up state? I, I ended up as a seller in Scranton. Uh, my wife and I got married in the late '90s. We moved to Orlando, Florida, mm-hmm. in 1999. I was going to get out of media. I swore I'm getting out. What and were then, you going to do? Not media. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. And for no reason other than I was like, there's got to be a better way to make a living. But there's not, really, because this is a lot of fun. I guess everybody, you can say that about anything. You know, there's not, something is not really greener on the other side. It's just different hard work. You so, are very right. So anyway, I, uh, I ended up working at uh, Channel 6 in Orlando, the CBS affiliate. Mm-hmm. What was really great about that at that time in my life was I was used to small and medium-sized radio markets. Well, this, uh, at that time, the year 2000, Orlando was one of the fastest growing cities in the country, along with uh, uh, Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a TV market ranked number 19. So I went from like small market to like big kind of TV market. And I, it was a really big deal. Anyway, I was pretty successful as a seller there. They promoted me to a sales manager, started an ad agency, did all kinds of fun stuff. I handled Jiffy Lube for a while. I mm-hmm. had a bunch of stores and up, up and down the East Coast. And um, <clears throat> so we, I ended up getting recruited by this company in 2010, and I ended up back in Scranton as a, as a, as a director of sales. So uh, we, we really loved Florida, and this opportunity came up as a director of sales here in 2016. I did, was doing a really good job. Love this company. It's hands down the best broadcasting company I've ever worked for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my dad's company was, was really strong, and I worked for you know, him for a while, for a little while. And, um, you know, uh, this opportunity came up. Got a ch- my, my parents had moved to Florida since then, mm-hmm. and I'm very, we're very close with them, and so I wanted to get closer to them as they're aging and, you know, be able to be closer to help take care of them. And um, 
So uh, this opportunity came up in 2016 and been doing... I, uh, what do you think about Gainesville so far? I love it. We absolutely... I didn't... You know, when I moved here, I was kind of like, ah, I don't know about Gainesville. And we love. We lived in Winter Park, <laughs> Florida, and we loved oh, it. Oh, that's a beautiful area, too. But, you know, what's really cool is... Um, the weather here is so much different than Orlando, and it's hard to believe that. But it doesn't get as as, as hot for as long here, and right. we get these nice, cooler evenings and nights, and we even get freezes, you know. So <laughs> we've really liked that because we've, you know, my wife and I both pretty much we spent a lot of time in the Northeast yeah. and got used to cold weather. But but you're uh, still close enough to the beach. And it's everything. Yeah. You we have look. I mean, a fabulous restaurant. Yeah. You have the, you have the culture of a of a an unbelievable university and healthcare system. And then I'm kind of a farm boy sort of thing. And I have six acres and I have too many donkeys and some chickens. And so you have, you have the best of both worlds. I I call it country meets cosmopolitan. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, horses in Ocala, which is obviously the horse capital of the world. And it's kind of, it's kind of really cool. So, well, you know, look, you, uh, obviously, you're in Gainesville. Gainesville is a, uh, like you said, a very unique um, community that's growing. And you know, as the general sales manager of Odyssey, and with someone who's an, who's an expert, you know, in advertising mm-hmm. and sales, you know, you do you ever have an opportunity to work with you know students or younger people here? Yeah, I mean, we do, we have done some internships in the past. Obviously, COVID shut that down for the last couple of years, and it, you know, we're kind of in the. I just got promoted to the market manager. Uh, position. Dick O'Neill retired last year. Thank you. So last June I started this role. I'm sort of in a rebuilding the thing back together because we sent everybody home and, you know, I'm kind of putting pieces back together, which is good. We're performing well. And um, so, yes, we do, we do, uh, we do internships with the students of the university. Um, You know, and again, we do have a close relationship with them. So that's something we're going to be looking back into for the coming coming season again. Now, one of the things that you know is that our law firm, Melvin Law, is a huge believer in Mm -hmm. radio, in traditional radio and radio advertising. Uh, uh, One of the things that has come about in the past 10 or 15 years is XM radio, Mm -hmm. what we commonly refer to as satellite radio. You know, what did you think when that first came on? Were you... As uh, was Odyssey or Intercom back then, was it yeah. uh, positioned in that market, or what was the thought? Positively, I mean, I think y- you have to understand radio is the great survivor of all the mass media. Mm-hmm. Uh, radio was going to, you know, go out of business when television came on the air. Well, radio adapted. Mm-hmm. Uh, radio has been one of the most adaptive uh, 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 media options that that are out there. Um, and right now, you know, our our competitors in the video space are suffering greatly. Uh, Radio just surpassed television as the number one reach medium in the country three years ago. Okay. We reached 93% of the American population every week. So cable is is getting killed. All of it. You know, the, the over the air stations, while they still, you know, they still have massive audiences. They've, they're, you know, they're, they're dwindling Mm -hmm. and that's causing them problems. So, um, you know, this with all of the, um, adaptations that we're making all things audio hence the name change last year mm-hmm. you know with our streaming and our podcasting people uh, there's a new expression called no screen is the new screen mm-hmm. the fact that I'm sitting here and we're having a podcast conversation is almost exactly how radio was conceived in the first place wasn't it and it now they're doing dramas and they're doing yeah. mysteries and they're doing all, you know all kinds of sports content and That's talk a great content point. So, you know, the whole space of audio is, is even greater. We're, we have more options of how and where we listen. And what's so cool is the over-the-air stations have suffered almost not yeah. because we are the ones that are adapting and creating these options for people. You know, it's really interesting. I mean, it's such there's an art to radio that uh, I think, think sometimes is forgotten. I remember uh, growing up, and a lot of my friends still do this, they would uh, mute the uh, TV and listen to Mickey mm-hmm. Hubert or whoever the announcer yeah, was yeah. 
you know, they still do it in the North. They sure. I'm a Penn State. And, I'm a yeah. Penn State fan, and we do it all the time. Yeah. So we don't like the, We don't like the, the you know the TV commentators, and we're going to listen to our guy. Yeah, that's the very descriptions common. Of and, course. And the detail and the and the actual and the love of and the love of the team. You know. Yes, it's it, a, it's a it different comes, it's a different experience. It's more fun that way. I totally agree with you. And so that's kind of uh, something that I've always you know, and when we were growing up, this is funny. I don't know if you know this about Jeffrey, but when we were growing up, we would go to and from Daytona a lot because my grandmother's family, my mother's family lived in Daytona Beach. Okay. So we would travel to and from Gainesville uh, from Daytona, and we would always listen to, on Sundays we listened to a Mystery Science Theater. Oh, I uh, love it. On the, uh, on the uh, yeah. radio. Yeah. And it was these stories, yeah. right? These, yep. And they would, you would hear the creak of the door and the patter yeah. of, the, yeah. of the hooves. And I remember as a kid, I, I loved listening to these stories. Yeah. And even though they were recorded probably 30, 40, 50 years earlier, yeah. they were still really fun to listen to back in the 80s yep. and 90s. And, I, and like you said, I think there's still a desire well, for, for that type of medium. Well, the power, the power of radio is, is the, it's theater of the mind. And it's a one-on-one. -on -one. Theater of the mind is what it was called. That's exactly actually, what it's called. Yeah, and and, and, and it mind. is theater yeah. of the mind. So, you know, if you ask somebody if they read a book and then saw the movie, which did they like better? It's almost always the book, the book. because they have their own images in their head. So when radio, the power of radio, it's not only that theater of the mind component, but it's also a one-on-one -on -one relationship. I am. It's a mass media that's reaching one you know, really one person at a time. Mm -hmm. And that that is so powerful because, and you don't need to reach, you know, to have your message conveyed properly is, is part consistency, like mm -hmm. you guys have been, and continuity, which mm -hmm. the message is relatively the same. Uh, but knowing that everybody's not going to react the same way all the time. And, no. and some people's responses are delayed. And yeah. so... You know, the power of our medium um, and the audio medium in particular is, is so uh, profound with all of those components. Now we have the, re you know, we have the reach and we have, you know, we have that theater of the mind. And, you know, it's, it is our, you know, our, our best clients are the ones that use the medium the, the properly. And that is well, with consistency and continuity and and it's an investment. It's not a, you know, I always say to our prospects and clients, I don't have a magic advertising pill and nobody else does either. So, you know, it, it, and, it, and it is an investment, period. Peter, we got a couple minutes left. There's two questions I want you to answer for okay. the audience out there. First of all, what type of clients do you think should be contacting Odyssey and how do they contact you? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, uh, you don't have much time. <laughs> wow. So move it okay, through. Okay. Peter.Rothfuss yeah. <laughs> at odyssey.com. Yeah. Uh, R-O-T-H-F-U-S-S. -S. Uh, that's the best way to contact me. Uh, really, you know, anybody that's, that is interested in reaching, you know, for our brands, we position them to reach adults with money. So if you have a business, if you have a service business or a retail business mm -hmm. or even an online business, you know, we can help you. Um, and will you help them with a plan and well, kind of, of course. We, sit you know, down with them and explain to them what, why you do advertising, yes. how you do it effectively, what works and what of doesn't? Of course. Our first step is to go and do what, you know, a diagnostic. You know, I don't go to sell somebody something. My first, my first point is what, what are you trying to accomplish? Why are you accomplishing? What, you know, why do you need to? You know, do, do you have, are you going to make a significant enough budget to make it work, investment to make it work? And, you know, and if, and if it's not designed for success, you know, we're inclined to tell them, you know, it's best to do something other than this. Will you even help with the creative? Of course. Okay, so that's incredible. So yeah. basically, you, uh, if someone has a business that they really want yep. to promote, yep. and they don't know how to do it, they should just give you a call at least to talk with you, sit Correct. down and say... How do I, you know, how, how would you What's do this the first if you were step? me? Yeah. Well, the first step is a, is a candid conversation. That's what it is. Uh, and, you know, and, and you know, let, let's face it. People, ha you have to establish trust and rapport for people to want to do business with you. So, mm -hmm. you know, I always, I like to say to people, I look at everybody as a prospect, but I know I'm going to have to go through a process in order to earn their business. So I'm not in a hurry. You That's know. great. So you, you don't feel rushed. You're gonna feel no, like I don't want the, I don't I want them to feel at ease when they're going to make this that. investment for I sure. Love that. Well, Peter, we're coming to the end of the show. We could talk for another hour. What an incredible yes. show! We'll have to get you back here to talk. Happy more. to do so. And Jeffrey's going to want to. Um, awesome. Know, 
peel your mind back a little bit. Awesome. And we want to get your father back maybe uh, for that would be fantastic. as well. He, he, he has two I books. I want to talk about his two books. We're going to break, but when we come back, we'll, uh, the next time we'll, t- we'll talk about his books. Sound, sounds great. Thank All you. All right. Um, we'll uh, say adieu for this episode of Melvin Law. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Appreciate it.